Hello, friends. Today's guest is Jason Adam, an actor from Baby on Board. So, what are we going over today? The usual, of course, promoting the film. But we're also going to dip into something that I think is very useful for anyone who is an actor, actress, or aspiring to be so. The tips and tricks that you follow to make dialogue sound more natural. Oh, and lots of great stuff. What does stage acting have in common with on-camera acting? Am I a bit cheesy? Yes, I am cheesy. Because I actually love this stuff. And I think if you want to be a great director or a great screenwriter or anything, you should still continue to learn it. Because you never know when you're going to use this. It's not only for actors. So let's take it away, as always, on this very cheesy, very retro 1950s-style podcast. <laughs> with lots of giggling because I'm so nervous. I think that's the, the fun of this is I think every time I work on these episodes, it takes away my nerves. So that's another cool trick that is not mentioned in this episode or going to be. But yeah, work on a podcast. It makes you less nervous. It makes you be yourself and learn how to do all that. All right. So Mr. Adam, question one, how have you applied knowledge from the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire into practical use with the assorted acting you've done, including a horror film, Spring Lakes. So during my time at the Conservatoire in my hometown, Birmingham, I learned a lot of you know, these techniques and these tools which each tutor would give, and they give a different sample of tools that they had worked for them throughout their acting experience and, and careers. So this toolbox, so to speak, was, was given to us, and we, as this you know, kind of trade person, acting being being the trade. We picked up what tools would work for us and as we went out into to, to the industry. So mine was, I was a big fan of actions. Um, so placing an action verb on the, the line to to get something from the other character. So for example, I chastise you or I romance you. And depending on what the line is and the context of the scene at that moment, picking up very particular action verb for that line really gives that subtle detail to, to what the character wants or, or, or you know what they, what they desire from the other person. I try to use it across both screen and, and stage work. I think it, it, fits, it fits both. Um, two of the things which might sound very simple. Um, why it cost me £11,000 for an MA in action to realise this, I'll, I'll never actually know, but the energy and, and listening are huge. Um, nothing I do on stage or screen is for me, like regardless of it being a monologue with a center spot or if it's my close-up, everything with someone else, like the audience, the director behind the camera, my other scene partners, the ensemble as, as a whole. The energy we give as actors can you know, impact these performances of, of the other people on stage with us. And when we're together, and you know, if, if our energy is internalised and, and self-focused, it's not going to translate. It, it's selfish, and when we're shooting, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot. So, Spring Lakes, we, we shot that in minus five degree cold early this January outside, and I'm still giving James the the, the lead the lead actor, the, all my focus and attention and my energy, even when the camera wasn't on me in our scenes, like it's on his close-up. And he did the same for me on, my, on mine. 
So, you know, we're feeding off each other's energy. We balance off each other's energy. We want to give that performance every, every time, particularly on film. Yeah, every, every time I want to get that that cut of the of the camera. Boom, that was a good take. That take. So, so the director's got a lot to play with. Um, yeah, we bounce off each other. But actors feed off and they bounce off energy. And listening well, you know, that's just key in, in life, but key, you know, someone could change the way they say a line, their action and verb may have changed slightly. And you've got to hear that as it changes, it changes the scene. If you, if you react exactly the same way every time, even though they've said it, the other person said it slightly differently, for whatever reason, you're just running through the motion and you're not acting, you're not living in that moment, you're not breathing the lines for the first time. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, listening is is massive. It's, it's actually, it's, it's a really, really hard skill to to really get down properly. With approaching the director of your current film role in Baby on Board, how did you craft your introduction so it felt honest and he wound up casting you? Of course, I'm going to just tell people what happens with me on this one. My whole reason I got into filmmaking and writing material however you define filmmaking I got into it because I'm always going to score my own work and the work of other people so I just scored a super cool movie called The Pact that's for someone else but also in the future my own work and of course my no budget work one of the notes frequently says mister on it when people approach me they don't bother reading I'm Nicole not a mister and uh and I do put pronouns on there by the way on uh, I had them on Instagram when I had an Instagram on my YouTube it said she slash her I mean it's very clear that's a pre-written note and the second part is lots of people want to compose for my movies when it's clear that I am in charge of my own music so I get lots of almost robo notes so this is this is weird I never really I don't really like approaching people via via oh, that's weird. via um like social media and stuff it's yeah if it, it, it feels feels dirty <laughs> in in a weird way yeah but i approached andrew barker the director of baby on board the the new short film i'm in that's coming out soon and he's, he's a brilliant guy i approached him on twitter just slid in the dms can't do that anymore can you unless you're subscribed to whatever the x's uh, so I've been following the production diary of, of Baby on Board, and at that point I was looking for a new project to really dig my teeth into. I talked to my girlfriend at the time, um, and I was, you know, said like, "Oh, this looks really, really good," and I thought, you know, so and it grasped my attention for for many reasons. It's not a typical short film structure, which I see as the you know, the obvious inciting incident, you hooks the audience in, and then the story unfolds. So this one sort of unravels like under the surface without that obvious inciting incident. It's 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 really clever. Stephen Volk is is the writer and he's he's been writing horror the horror genre for the longest time. And he's clearly a master of his, his craft. Um, so back to the question. Uh, I sent this message. Literally, I went on my I just went on my Twitter just to see what I sent. Scroll back through the the month, and I've just put 
Hi, Andrew. Just thought I'd message as a Midlands actor to a Midlands film director. Just seen your production of Baby on Board is going to happen. I'm assuming it's already been cast. Messaging anyway, just to introduce myself for future collaboration. Hope you're well. All the best for the film. You know, congratulate him on the film. It's happening. Wicked. As a as a win in anyone's book. Um, you know, and I just kept my line of thought as I'm introducing myself. You know, I hooked the line, and I guess of like, oh, is it cast yet? Just to see if he'd take the bite. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And and he replied, and I was like, oh, cool. And we got talking about the film and and what it was about and the character and stuff. And he said, I got you know this, I got the kind of look that that he wanted this this haunted kind of look, um, which I didn't know how to take initially. <laughs> but I guess you know it's it got it got me a role. Um, these haggard eyes. Um, Anyway, uh, <laughs> he replied, we started talking, and he did, he, he was honest, which was great. Uh, he said, I've got a couple of feelings out for, for some people that I, I want. I was looking at and I was like, okay, cool. So I sent over my spotlight anyway, showreel, just to see what he thought, and he was like, okay, yeah, like I said earlier. He liked the look. He said, I've got really good ability, and he, he really liked the passion for, for, for the story that Baby on Board is telling. So I didn't really think of so crafting that message. I didn't really think about crafting it, if, if that makes sense. Like, didn't really go with like a massive ulterior motive. Like, oh cool, the motive was, yeah, you know, stab in the dark. If he hasn't cast it, ooh, I throw my throw my name in in, in the hat. But, you know, I think that's how it is. It's, I just, my honesty just came to the intention of the main re reason was, OK, he's a Midlands film director. I'm a Midlands film actor. OK, let's marry that too. Maybe just to set up a dialogue for future uh, future work. So, so that's all it was, really. And, and here it is. We're, here we are. We've made a film and... Yeah, it's it's got a lot of potential, and hopefully it translates on screen. What tips and tricks do you have to make dialogue sound more natural, and to have it down by memory really nicely? Getting both done at once is the difficult why some people are better actors. Well, I think, just don't overthink the dialogue, I guess. To keep it natural, Use that gut instinct, trust it. You know what the character's doing, you know what they're saying. These are the words you're saying for the first time as a character every time you say them. To keep it fresh. You know, you know the story, you've done all the prep work. It's all, you know, it's all about trust. Trust is massive and that's easier said than done. I know. But I think the majority of actors just want to just do this standing out thing, you know, which often leaves them like, sticking out like a sore thumb. If you serve the dialogue and the action and everything else for the needs of the story, that's that's the fundamental thing. Everything that happens on the stage, off the stage, on the set, off the set, all serves the needs of, of one thing, and that's the story. And, and finding the truth within it, play the truth, and it will sound naturally. If you believe it's true, as the actor, as the character, then the audience will follow you on that journey. That, that, that's, that's the basic essence don't overcomplicate that. Less is more. Oh, 
just does sound like I'm just throwing all the cliches under the sun. And I've got like a book out of <laughs> cliches, but it is true. But, you know, I, I'd prefer watching someone doing an understated, trying to control themselves in an argument or they're trying to find an answer in a podcast and it's... Are you watching the cogs turn because they don't know what they're saying? Are you me? <laughs> yeah, you try, they're trying to hold back the tears. Just, you know, wrestling with their inner thoughts. I'd rather see that than someone bawling their eyes out constantly just because, yeah, they can cry on demand, right? But do I believe you? No. Good skill. Do I believe you? Probably not. You know, and then, ooh, if they can control it, the tears, and they, but then they get the outbursts of being out of control, and then, then they're tearing up. But then they try and suppress it again and regain control and rein it in. That's, that is cinema to me. That's cinema. I mean, and, and for learning lines, I think I like using the, the, the letters. I call it letters techers, just because I'm an idiot. It's just letters technique, but... So the first letter of every word in the line, you write out and then you test yourself repeatedly before dropping the book. So I showed Andrew the. It looked like he was like it looks like hieroglyphics, <laughs> on the you know, or like some sort of code. Um, so I showed him on the day of the filming and he was he was baffled but like equally impressed because that film Baby on Board is so dialogue heavy. So this technique really helped because you, you want to get the dialogue right. Stephen Volk's written, written? Stephen Volk's written particular words. So, so he selected those words, you know, for a reason. To to tell that story to an audience, so you got you got to stay true to, to to the writer's intention there, and his words. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, and I think line learning comes easier when you've done all the prep work and and you've found those moments and beats in the rehearsal room or in the rehearsal Zoom, which we did for, for Baby On Board, uh, Andre, the other actor, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant Birmingham actor. Um, yeah, wait to see him in his, his top class. Uh, you know, and we've, we found it, we found those little moments and it helps you embed those lines more. It works differently for everyone. It, there's no massive formula. The idea that someone else was in mind for your role and you wound up getting it from trying is great. You did say some of this was due to having a great reel and a spotlight profile. What would you recommend to improve someone's acting reel for hire and have a very wonderful, overall excellent presentation from Spotlight, IMDb, or a website? Spotlight, for those who don't know, is kind of IMDB for the UK and people use it a lot for castings. I guess if you've got an agent, it's, it's consistently working with them to, to iron out these issues or, or make changes to really really market you well. So David at North Artist Management, top, top, top agent. Uh, for me, he's, he's, he's doing really well. Uh, we've got that, that good, good relationship, working relationship. Um, so we do that really well, you know, and actually... I do need to get on top of a few things we've discussed about on my own spotlight. But yeah, it is finding the time to really fine tune those things all the time. Because that's, that's your, that's you in a nutshell, really. It's all you can give to, to a casting director. 
what we got, show us what we've got. So we've got to put our best foot forward, you know, keep updating that, freshening it up. When we can, it's, it's, it's hard to find the material you want. You don't want to just put anything on there. You want to put really good stuff on there. Um, so be selective. I don't understand why people just choose to do everything and anything. Be selective. It is quality over quantity. Paramount. Quality over quantity. And do things that really show you as a person and what, you, what you're connected with, what you really like and, and, and says about you as a person. Nugget of knowledge. Um, yeah, just try and show a bit of your personality in, 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 in that spotlight as much as you can. I don't know what spotlight are doing with their new thing now. But that's a different podcast. <laughs> you are a product. So why would that casting director or director want to use your product in their production? So that's a big question. You've got to ask that question all the time and tailor, tailor your CV, showreel to, to those answers you find. It's tough. It's tough. I'm, see, I'm waiting on material to update mine to take me to that next step of my journey. But that's another thing. You got to keep. You got to wait in film. You got to wait for the and to get your show real and stuff. And then you, know, you do a play. And then often plays aren't filmed. So it's a it's a difficult one to navigate. But be true to who you are as an actor. Know that and and and, and run with that. That's your USP. You are your USP. With your role in Bluff, I know some people get drunk to play alcoholics or rehearse spinning to get dizzy for fake stumbling on camera. How did you safely prepare for playing a heroin addict? Yeah, we've all been or know someone who's, who's been drunk, you know. And they, when, so you can recognize those behaviors. We've all been, I mean, I've been drunk several times. So, you know, we can recognize that behavior and we can emulate that. And in in safety for those moments in films and plays. However, when it comes to something like playing the heroin addict, uh, and obviously you, you don't immerse yourself in that world. I mean, I read about that world, but you don't, you know, go into that. It's just unnecessary. I still found this authentic character portrayal, which I wouldn't award for, because he's he's not a heroin addict. He's, he's a guy called Cooks. He's got an origin story of his name, which is about being high and eating cookies. And they called him the Cookie Monster. Like, that, that's, yeah, that's him in a nutshell. He, he's out there, he's bonkers. He's a person who just happens to be a heroin addict. That's not, that's not a definition of him. So he's got his wacky personality, the way he moves his, his chin or like, the way he's got this sort of, sort of like nose, little twitch, like, the way he drags his feet, the way he talks fast because he's telling these stories because he's, he's seen some like mad stuff and he's got all this vivid imagery that he's trying to get out, and, out of his head. It's those little nuances that you got to find. Um, yeah, that's, that's how I... Yeah, that's how I did it safely. And this one has some personal storytelling of mine. I had it written down in the question, but yeah, I'll tell you. So it's not all kind of awkward and reading off a paper. Okay, so when I was 22, I had these people give me a role for writers on a TV show. But 
they didn't meet me in person, but when they started talking to me a little bit more, they said I was too nice to play a stripper. But it's called acting, right? And I wasn't playing a stripper taking off clothes. It was just going to be a funny role, maybe wearing kind of a silly dress or something like that. It wasn't going to be me literally being kind of a J-Lo and a Hustlers kind of stripper. You didn't need to worry about any of that. So I was kind of like, what? And also that strippers aren't nice. I mean, hmm, I'm pretty sure some strippers have to be nice, you know? Not everyone does it who, who's out robbing money and uh, being like those ladies and hustlers. So uh, anyway, this is correlated to you. Going back to that, playing characters nothing like you is your goal. <laughs> acting is called acting for a reason. From my own self, in the stories of many people listening, how can we all avoid this in acting in every entertainment career opportunity? Of course, what I said on here was that uh, casting directors, agents, and filmmakers always prejudge someone. So we frequently don't get the chance to prove them, hey, I'm really able to be funny or really able to be dramatic. I'm really able to play custodian janitor at a school or a stripper who's very comedic and on the spot with the timing. No, they have these preconceived ideas of what a janitor is or uh, a stripper and then they're going to go with them. They don't see it as anyone could be these things. And that's the truth. And if you want to know more of that, um, Josh, and I don't know how to say his name, but I think it's Dehamel, Dehamel. I'm so bad at names, but he used to be a mailman. He's a very handsome fellow. Um, and he certainly was when he was a mailman. So anybody can be one. Anyone. All right, so here's what you are going to say. What, what do you think about all of that? Well, firstly, I'm sorry to hear that. It's that's a real shame to hear that they they, they judged you and ironically stripped, pardon the pun, the opportunity away from you. That that's on that's on their conscience for lacking this, this imagination to see you portray something other than yourself. See, I'm not sure we can avoid it. I think casting such a complex being. I think I think we just have to personally believe that we know we're good enough to be seen for those roles that we want to be seen for and that time will come but realize that it's not up to us we can have everything in place cvs headshots showreel good self-tapes auditions consistently good networking consistently good work that we're producing making content if you have the skills to do that and the capability to do that don't pressure yourself to do that um, but ultimately, it, it's on their opinion. It's their choice, if they think we're a good fit or not. It is the hardest industry for consistency, security and clarity, but, you know, that's we just can't keep... Annoying, we just got to keep pushing on. That can only change from the top down. Like, I mean, even now, Spotlight pausing their premium membership rates because of the backlash they received about it being classist, elitist, you know. That's that's a that's a, not a bad start to you know breaking down this this casting difficulties that that all actors are going through, particularly working class and ethnic minorities. In America, we always, at least I grew up, hearing these phrases like "this person is this kind of famous," "this person is sports famous," "this person is social media famous," "this is this famous." 
And uh, one thing I guess you could compare to that is British famous people who are more known in Britain than in America. Doesn't make them bad actors, actually. Quite frequently, the opposite. Great actors are not as well known in America. So today, I stumbled upon Reddit and found a thread that kind of relates to this question I had in mind originally, saying, what happened to Tom Hiddleston? He was huge. He was in all kinds of works. Now he only hits Marvel. And this person was saying, did he disappear? No, said a British person. He works on stage in the UK. And he works, and, and I don't know too much about his career uh, on stage, but anyway, uh, it goes to show you that people frequently don't realize how much stage is involved in on-camera acting. I'm so glad I read that today because it leads to this question. What does stage have in common with on-camera acting? And I like to think it brings out the best in people. Age-old question. <laughs> I guess the commonality lies in, in this, the underlying elements of of what makes acting so desirable for me, and that's this need for authenticity and truth and making bold choices. Stage is just a wider film set. The audience members being an individual lens to capture what they connect with in any moment, connecting to the story in their way, connecting to what the actor chooses to do in that moment. They choose what to look at. They might not pick up on all those subtle nuances an actor chooses, but camera acting is crafted by the lens for the audience, for me. The director picking the scenes, the shots, delicately deciding whether a look from a character is enough to mark this moment. You know, guiding, positioning the camera to, for, for what the audience needs to see at any given, given time. In essence, the director shows you what they want you to see, and then it's up to you to, to respond to it. So like I'm Baby on board, Andrew the director and Tom Williams, the DOP, Director of Photography, they worked tirelessly, tirelessly to make sure they were capturing every essence of this, this film, of, the, of its truth at any given moment that they could. Truth drove, truth drives everything. And I guess for stage, that equivalent are the scenes that are written. So the scene, the intro opening scene is written for a reason. Like, do we tell it Non-linear, do we tell it? You know, what, how do we manipulate the structure of the play to, to really entice the audience into it and, and you know, challenge their perspective or, or change their perspective and stuff? That's, I think that's the way the players do it. Uh, structure, through the structure and the, and the writing. Um, say a scene introduces someone new, or an alters the plot direction, or, or the villain returns, you know, all this, all this kind of stuff. Again, you know, acting for both stage and screen serve the main goal of providing truth to an audience. And say it again, truth is at the core. It has to be, has to be. To act with truth, act with truth. Find the truth. That's what you got to do initially, and then put your technique on top. <laughs> These are always like a time capsule. I feel like, at least hope, someday I can look back on these and say, I introduced all of you friends out there to people who were starting out and now look at them with their Oscars or Tonys, whatever it may be. So with the usual finale, 
keeping it with this time capsule of where you are in life. What movies can we see you in during the coming years? Obviously, Big Baby on board. Not Big Baby, just just Baby on board. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but we've got a casting crew screen in November 9th, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm optimistic about, about the potential of the film. It should be really good. Andrew has said some good things, so fingers crossed. Spring Lakes, that horror film I was in last year, should have its public release at some point. I'm not too sure, but again, shoot. I've got footage from that that I need to put in my showreel so people can see that. Uh, a short film called Ruby Tuesday might be released in December. Film that a couple of years ago. We've had some delay on it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that, I've played an interesting character in that one. I won't say too much about it. Hopefully it comes out soon. Um, yeah. And then two future future films, two future feature films <laughs> that I was involved in. Uh, one's a British Hindi film on Netflix called Second Chance. I got to play a detective called Detective Mike in, in that. It's a sort of murder mystery whodunit vibe. Not quite Daniel Craig in it though, uh, from Knives Out. Yeah, more of a brummy detective. <laughs> the second one's called The Shamrock Spitfire, which is in post-production. And that's about the story of an Irish fighter pilot called Brendan Paddy... I will butcher his last name, so I won't say it. Who, at the age of just 21, became the youngest ever wing commander in the Royal Air Force. So I play this, this character called Roy Lane, who was an RAF pilot at the same time as Paddy. And we had a good fight scene with the, with the other actor in that, with the lead actor. Uh, really good fight scene. Um... And amongst other scenes, and then there's one where I'm singing it too. When I say sing, it's more of a, more of a, a chant uh, vibe. And then recently, the the contract, I haven't signed a contract for the contract, but it's in its pre-production stage. And that's an action thriller where I'll be playing an assassin called the Cleaner. So yeah, that's that's, uh, that's me at the minute. I'm, Doing quite well, um, but yeah, thank you for having me, it's been a pleasure, almost a bit surreal because it's a podcast talking about acting and yeah, but thank you again, cheers.